Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 173, How to Overcome Your Fear of Success, a real-life coaching session with Joanne Maturi. Joanne is an incredible student within our I Heart My Life coaching programs, and she graciously agreed to do this coaching session with us today. She admitted that she has a very big vision for her future and for her business, and yet there are many things holding her back, and she has identified those things as basically a fear of success, a fear of growing her team, a fear of having to pay more taxes, a fear of more responsibility, a fear of her clients no longer having a high-touch experience. So on today's episode, we do a coaching session together where I support her in moving through all of that so she can truly get closer to the big vision that is on her heart for her life and her business. Now, I know a lot of people have a fear of success, so I ask as you're listening to this session, make sure to pay attention to the areas or different points that really pertain to your circumstance and your life. Make sure that you allow Joanne's transformation to support your own growth. We do that by listening for things that resonate, listening for ways in which we too can get into action or make different decisions. Remember, it's not enough to be inspired. We want to be taking those action steps. So without further ado, let's dive in. This episode is sponsored by iHeart Coaching, our signature program for new and aspiring online coaches. iHeart Coaching is your one-stop shop designed to support you in becoming the next standout online coach. Whether you're brand new to the digital space or looking to take your coaching business to the next level, this is a comprehensive program that's going to show you how to build a successful coaching business from A to Z. We're going to share how to generate maximum revenue and book out your calendar with dream clients. To learn more, go to iHeartCoaching.com. Welcome to the session, Joanne. I'm so excited to have this time with you. You know, you are very special to us here at I Heart My Life. So we're excited to support you in your next level. Thank you, Emily. It's such a delight for me to be here. Who knew that the start of the year would be with the Emily Williams? So really excited. I'm really, really excited to be doing this. Yes. Forward to getting some amazing breakthroughs as well. Love it. So why don't you tell me what you'd like support with and what your question is today? Yeah. So Emily, I just recognized that I seem to have what I would call a massive fear around success. And I said that the responsibility and demands of what success looks like to me um, sometimes causes me to freeze. And um, it's around what people, you know, as my business grows and scales, there would be the need for a team. And imagining that the, the team's family is relying on me makes me shudder. Like, you know, will I, am I able to take that upon myself? In terms of client support, I am very accessible to my clients right now. I'm very, very, you know, very approachable to them. And I feel that this demands of success would require that there's a, you know, a separation, which makes me very anxious. I also worry greatly about the impact of tax taxes. You know, the more you earn, the more you need to pay HMRC or the IRS or whatever. And I generally ask myself, do I have the space 
to take on all this as I also live my life in my in my head I'm like you it's either one or the other you grow big and lose your life <laughs> complete like have no life or still be comfortable but have a life so that's where I'm at right now Thank you for sharing that. I know it's something that a lot of people come up against. So I'm excited to work through that with you. So let's look at the flip side first and foremost. What is it you actually desire for your business? Emily, um, I have a grand vision for my business and I work around vision and life purpose. And one of the things I've always said to myself is I want to be one of the greatest renowned thought leaders when it comes to life purpose. And one of the things that I, I see in the future is having a retreat center in my home country. I originally come from Kenya. We have some of the most beautiful beaches. So I see this picturesque um, beach property where we hold all these retreats and people can come from all over the world to discuss vision, discuss life purpose, and even have um, the venue you know, as an sort of Airbnb for people who just want, to, you know, the way people go to Bali, like you can come to Kenya to my retreat center and get everything that you need to just really get on top of your thing as it comes to your purpose. Oh, you know, like just come in and, and zen it out. Amazing. Anything else you want to share about the vision for the business? Yes. Um, I was in a corporate job for very long. And I come from an entrepreneurial family. My dad has really done very well in business. And I think all this, now when I think about it, it comes to him. And I see my business really being a space for women to get to, you know, women employees mainly to be able to earn a livelihood through my business, because I say that entrepreneurship is one of the best ways that we can liberate ourselves. So as I coach them, I also want to use my business as a vessel for them to develop their own businesses, if that makes sense. So it's not only a tool for me, but my vision is to empower my team to also develop their own businesses outside of working with me so that they don't just remain employees forever. Got it. Beautiful. So that's a big vision. Huge vision. And I have one I want to share with you. Um, I, my vision for my business is to be completely a global business. I live in the United Kingdom, as I said. I'm originally from Africa, and right now I'm bicontinental, forget COVID. Uh, so I operate between both continents. And I not only see, I do not only see my country and England, but I also see branches of this my brand blossoming in Asia. I see them blossoming in the US. And eventually, who knows, we might even have franchises. Um through this brand. So I have a huge, huge um, vision for it. Great. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, yes. Uh, One more. (laughs) And um, I I would love eventually to have a product merchandise line. I have a membership right now. We are going through the trademarking process called the Dare Sister Circle. Dare is dream audaciously, receive expectantly. So I would want the dream audaciously, receive expectantly 
merchandise all over the world, T-shirts, mugs, candles, the works, journals, notebooks, devotionals, um, you know, um, books, calendars, everything under that brand. And that is something that is literally just here. I see it. Um, and I do vision boards, vision board events, and the merchandise would be part of what we do during our vision boarding process. And this vision boarding process is the one that I'm saying could be franchised all over. So this merchandise could be sold in the US, could be sold in Africa, blah. You get the gist of it. I love it. So you are very clear on your vision and obviously very excited about it. Yes. So what if I told you that none of that was going to happen and you're going to stay exactly where you are right now today? I would be shattered, gutted. Um, the, actually, there's, there's no that probability. I wouldn't allow that. Great. Like it's not an, it's not an option. Does that make sense? Yes. You've made I, it. I would not allow that. Okay. So that's why you're here today, because you are committed to the vision and you're not available to stay stuck. Is that right? Absolutely. And there's no room for me to even think of any other alternative. Great. Okay. So today we want to really uncover the thing that's going to support you in moving through that fear, the fear of success. So one of the things I love about you is you are very clear and you know, as well as I do, that when there's a desire and a vision, that means that it's meant for you. Correct? Correct. And I even wrote you that desires are divine. Yes. So you know that you are capable of it, but it still freaks you out. Is that accurate? Beyond accurate. <laughs> okay. All right. So we covered a few of the fears. The first one that you mentioned was team. And the level of responsibility for the team. Now, one of the things I want you to understand is just like any other achievement, let's just say fitness, right? You don't go from being able to lift a small amount of weights all the way up to being able to deadlift a ton of weights overnight. You build that muscle. And it's the same thing with team. You don't learn how, you don't know exactly how to run a team of many people this second, but it's something that you learn and you get stronger with over time. So right now, I want you to really think about how we can flip the switch on you having to take care of your team. So tell me now, what are some of the positives of having a big team? Okay, so I'll, I'll start with the current situation. So I have a team of one. And now that you, you've talked about that, the team of one has been with me for a couple of years. So I have been able to, you know, progressively um, grow, with her, grow yep. with that person, you know, keep make sure that her needs are met to the best of my ability and really grow together. So, mm -hmm. that, so, so if I have done that for a couple of the years with this one, the one, and we are still continuing, it's, it's for me to look at it that as I expand, so will the team ex expand. And because we've made it this far with the one, I'm confident that even with the learnings that I've learned with this particular person, I would transfer them, their transferable skills that I would use with the rest of the team. So um, it's, I think it's also recognizing that having a team will help me scale. That's the whole idea. Not looking at it as they're taking 
from me, but rather me looking at it that I'm actually gaining from having these people. So I don't have to reply to every single email. Case in point, like Ashley responds to, I mean, you know, I see that. And that would take a lot of me because I do a lot of the admin work still. I respond to all emails. I set up most of my appointments. So when I look at it from that perspective now, Emily, it makes sense that, you know, a bigger team would mean taking off some of the stuff off me and allowing people with the specialities in that area. You know, for example, I, I don't waste time on Canva. You know, I outsource the graphic design. But what about with time if we had an in-house graphic designer so that I didn't have to worry about um, having to wait 48 hours when we have someone on team that could churn it out in two minutes? Well, I don't think so. Exactly. But yeah. So yeah. just really looking at it, uh, um, you know, at the advantages of having, the, and again, you know, uh, understanding that the, the team is not just coming for the sake of being a team, of, of having somebody on the team. They will be having roles and responsibilities that will be leading to the bottom line of the organization. Exactly. Yeah. And when you list out, for example, all the things that you're currently doing that aren't your zone of genius or aren't the best use of your time, it frees you up to move the big vision forward. I do a lot in the business, Emily, a lot. Like, I mean, I won't even tell you because you'll be like, what? You do what? But yes, I do a lot. And yeah. And I want to be, I'm very clear. I want to be the visionary. Mm -hmm. I want to lead the ship. I want to be the captain of the ship. I don't want to be paddling little, little paddling. I want to steer the ship. Right. That's very good to me. Yeah. And it's doing a disservice to all of your gifts and the vision that you have for you to stay in that role, right? You can't actually have the impact that you were born to create unless we get you out of the weeds, so to speak. You're right. And the way I like to look at it, instead of thinking about there's, you know, a heavy responsibility to take care of the team and the family, I look at it as an honor to be able to help support other people and have them be a part of this movement, right? The thing that you're creating, people are going to be honored to be a part of it. And you're going to feel honored to be able to have them on the team and to be able to contribute to their well-being through the thing that you created. That's beautiful. I I really like that. Um, I love people and just knowing that I could potentially help them you know, it's is very exciting. Love it. So is there any piece of the team fear that we need to tackle that you want to bring up? Yes. Yes. Okay. Is, um, I was, a, a, I led a, t- a small team in corporate and I found that I would still do their work <laughs> because I didn't want confrontation. I hate confrontation, Emily. And obviously as a coach, I have matured and I know how to have conversations now but I don't want to be managing people's emotions and moods you know like you show up this morning and you don't do what you're meant to do you know the the things that come with people the dynamics that come with running a team somebody doesn't pull their weight hiring and firing like um that doesn't excite me like why am I firing you like can you do your work you know I don't want to get caught up in those kind of things (laughs) 
So you know, I don't know if you're understanding what I mean. I like, do understand oh, what you mean. And then amongst themselves, they're, they're not coping. So-and-so didn't do something. And then I'm dragged into it. I don't so know. It's like, think about any negative experience you had with a relationship, right? Before you met your husband. I'm sure you had some scenarios where there oh. wasn't the perfect fit, right? I mean, I kissed many frogs. <laughs> right. But you didn't let that stop you from moving forward and finding true love. So just because that happened in the past doesn't mean that's going to be the reality when you have your bigger team, but it's also something to be aware of. You don't actually want to be the manager. So you can hire somebody to be the team manager and to have the conversations about salary and to let people go if they're not performing and to make sure that they're staying on track. And you're going to be hiring people who are already skilled, right? So part of the requirement is they're going to be responsible. They're going to be reliable. They're going to know what they need to do. You're not just hiring anyone off the street. You're going to pick highly skilled people who are able to contribute to the organization. Which leads to the next thing. So highly skilled means highly paid. Will I afford them? Okay, so what I want you to do here is a lot of us as visionaries, we look at the whole big picture and we're like, oh my gosh, I need 100 people right now. It's going to cost a fortune, so on and so forth. What I want you to do is take this in phases and think about what this year holds for your business and what your goals are and who is the one person, the next hire, who would make the biggest difference to your organization based on the goals. And this could be that you list out all the things you're doing in the business that you know you don't want to be doing and you don't need to be doing. And we get those things off your plate first and foremost. Okay. And we don't need to hire 10 people today. We start with the next person and maybe it's the person who helps run the company. And then as the revenue increases, they're able to bring on more team members and you don't even have to do the hiring. Wow. How would that feel? Excellent. Right. So we keep playing with the scenario. We ask ourselves, how would that feel? How would it feel to not have to hire? How would it feel to not do Canva? How would it feel to not set up emails or not respond to emails? Right. And we figure out which pieces of the puzzle we want to put in place first. And then we build from there. We're not hiring everyone this second. Okay. Makes absolute sense. So um, right now, obviously, uh, is my I want to scale my membership um, later on in the year. So it would be someone to work al- alongside my VA. So it could be an online business manager, an OBM. Yeah. That would be the next best move for me. Great. Well, you tell me, what are your current goals for this year? You want to scale the membership. What else? Yeah. So let me, let me backtrack a little. Yeah. So when I had uh, one of a VIP day with you last year, One of the things I recognize is that a couple of things need to change. Uh, The pricing of my products has to change. There were a few tweaks that I needed to make and uh, I have since made adjustments around them. Uh, Again, fear of success. And um, there's one particular program that I feel should cost more and doubling it would completely change the goal. So my revenue goal for this year, um, from beginning of this month, I'm looking at 20K, 25,000 months consistent. I'm looking at my vision board. Yeah. Um, and f- what would that entail? It, the, the membership may, is not going to take me to 25K with the number of, of members it has. But my 997 program, which 
I launched is the I launched today. We had um, uh, just before you, we had the welcome call for the the group, and we have twelve people in there. So I'm literally halfway through the goal, and we are on. I don't know what date we are, but of course I also have one on one. So I'm I'm, I'm pretty on track, but how do I then maintain the consistency of that income? Because I'm not, I, I want to stop. Um, and, and I'm bringing another element. I just want you to get into my mind. I've launched this program. I launch it every six weeks. That's very exhausting for me. So I just want to do, well, every eight weeks, doesn't matter. The program is six weeks. Then I have a two week launch period and then the next cohort come in. So it's very exhausting. And I'm thinking, how can I um, do fewer launches, hit the revenue goal, um, make the revenue goal that I need? So it may not necessarily be a monthly goal for me, but a quarterly goal. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So I want to adjust that. So um, this would, what is the, I've digressed a little. So what was I to tell you? <laughs> I just went off a little rabbit trail there. Well, we're talking about your revenue goals and the business goals. So a quarter is three months, right? So 25,000 a month. But now based on the model I want to use, I want to to go quarterly. So that will be $75,000 a quarter. Okay, great. And so, well, one of the things that you're bringing up here that we wanted to talk about anyway was how you have high touch programs with your clients um, and you know what happens if you're removed from some of the programs and you have more team members. So one of the things I want you to think about as you're creating your goals and you're starting to tweak some of these programs is ask yourself, is there a way to have other coaches run this program? Or is there a way to have an OBM do all the launches every eight weeks? Right. So really play with different scenarios where you can start to feel some relief, especially around these launches. It sounds like it's really it's it's stressful and it takes a lot of energy. Right. So what would happen if we provided you with some relief so that that didn't feel so heavy? Well, probably your energy would increase. You'd feel more excited about the program. You'd feel more excited about launching because you're not doing everything. So automatically, my mind goes to how can we get that systematized and on automatic, basically, so that all the processes are dialed in, you're doing it all the time anyway, and somebody can help you with it. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's about autom- somehow create making it auto- some form of automated system that I can rinse and repeat. Exactly. And yeah. so I already, you know, know what that looks like because I've done it so many times. The right. cohort, the cohort that came in today is the eleventh cohort. Wow! Yeah. I had about two hundred women go through that particular program, so I'm well versed with what it takes, right? But I've always kept it up to twelve people, maximum fifteen, because of that close knit thing and where I want to get out, out of my head is if I double the number, I'll just launch once and hit the 25k and not even probably need to have too many private clients because okay. I also have uh, one-on-one clients to bridge that gap. Of course my one-on-one clients pay a, a bigger amount, but I want to take um, less one-on-one clients 
so that I don't really have to struggle to meet my revenue goal. I don't know if that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. So we want to think about like the path of least resistance here. So you're already running this program. What would need to happen for us to fill it with more people and to make the launch super easy? And so my mind goes to team first and foremost to help with the launch. And then secondly, what if you had a um, assistant coach in the program that could help you support a bigger group of people? Sounds good. But they're used to me, Emily. Will they take to the new person? (laughs) So this is one of the fears that you voiced at the beginning of our session. Okay. So you need to remember that your clients, they want results. They don't necessarily need you to get the results. You can train somebody else in your methodology to support them. And notice I said a support coach. So that means somebody could be in there shadowing you for six weeks or for two rounds of the program, right? So they're getting to understand how you coach and how you work. And you don't need to be completely removed this second. But can you imagine that that might provide extra value to the clients and extra relief to you? Absolutely. And especially if the, I think it's just the control freaking me because it's, you know, this program is, or, my, or rather my business is my baby. I don't want somebody coming to screw up what I've worked so hard to create. Uh, but also learning to relinquish control, you know, and understanding that the right person will get it. So I think it's a control thing, Emily. Uh, one of my greatest human needs is certainty. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, you know, certainty is so important to me uh, that will they get it right? Will they do it right? And that's not up to me. If I train them well and give them the tools and believe that I have made the right decision for the business, then I believe I take a bet on myself that I'll make the best decision for the business. Right. And we need to go back to the place of what's going to happen if you don't let go of some of your control. I'll remain where I am, which is a state I can't stand where I'm doing everything. Right. I'm I'm the nanny of the business. I'm the cleaner of the business. I'm the concierge of the business. I'm the receptionist of the business. I'm the driver of the business. (laughs) So we need to focus on the desire, which is the vision versus all these fears around they're going to mess up. It's going to be too expensive. How do I let go of control? The clients aren't going to get it. And again, we're not doing this overnight. So I started introducing new coaches into our programs and it took a bit of time for people to get to know them. But now it's highly valuable that people come into our programs and they get a whole team of people. It's not just me. They get a whole team of experts, people who are better at certain things than I am. So it's actually a disservice for me to keep everyone to myself right? Because then the company doesn't grow. The movement doesn't grow. I can't serve more people. We can't reach more people. Our clients don't get to be fully supported. So we want to change our thinking on that. Sure. Absolutely, Emily. Makes sense. So anytime that you go into fear or doubt, you remind yourself of the vision and you remind yourself what's possible if you do loosen the reins, if you are supported And in fact, your business can only grow if we remove you from some of these elements. Yeah. Are you seeing that? Absolutely. I am. I am. So what do you think some of your, go ahead. 
<laughs> I just need to really, again, I'm visual around my business, hence vision boards, right? I need to, you know, look at it, journal around it and um, connect with it. That That's a direction we're going. As I um, shared with you earlier, I come from an, an entrepreneurial home and obviously in the businesses that my parents run, they have had employees. And I think some of these um, limiting beliefs, quote unquote, have come from them. You know, seeing them having to find fires left, right, and center. You know, having, um, um, you know, being dragged into stuff that has nothing to do with them. So I think I've carried, but again, their business is not my business and it's not in the same line. So the cadre of employees they would hire are not the cadre that I would be, or rather the level that I would be employing for my business. So I'm bringing in somebody else's complete business model, which is so removed, so far removed from mine into mine. Does that make sense? So the people they work with are not not at the level that mine would, would be. So really looking at it that I can choose who to have bring into this business and I will go through uh, the due diligence. I will interview them. I will do what I need to do to make sure that I get them the best and most aligned fit for, for the business. And that in turn will lead to the bottom line. And there's a statement, another mentor of mine says that a rising boat, a rising boat lifts all tides. A rising boat lifts all tides. And that's the kind of team I would want, that one boat lifts the entire, you know, all tides. So yes, something like that. Amazing, Joanne. Well, I'm so excited for you for the next chapter of your business and for Mm -hmm. all the people who get to be a part of this company, because it's going to be a huge blessing for them and for your clients. Thank you. Awesome. How is this session for you, Joanne? I feel good about it. Um, I feel like um, the things have been addressed that we've talked about. And I just have one question, um, Emily, that is still linked to this. And I'd want us to discuss the taxes <laughs> because okay. I spoke to you and I said that, you know, one of the th- I, I'm, I wouldn't refuse to give Caesar what belongs to Caesar. You know, it's the law of pay, but I'm like, with more money comes so much more taxes. So let's talk. If you if you have a few minutes, we could talk a little about that. You know. Yeah, we can address that one quickly. So it's really a matter of maintaining that abundant mentality. Mm. So, but first, let's get clear. Like, what is is it the fear of paying taxes, or is it resentment over having to pay taxes? What is it that comes up for you? That I don't have. I won't have the money to pay the tax. Like, I'll get a tax bill that I can't pay. Okay. So let's take emotion out of it. I know you're a very heart-centered person, as am I, but we just want to think about the process of making sure we have enough money for taxes. Have you ever read the book Profit First? I have heard of it and I've even had, no, they have Profit First coaches. Yes. It's been referred to me very many times, but I've not read it yet. So I would get that book because it really, it makes it super simple. And one of the kind of um, the pieces of the methodology is making sure you put aside a certain percentage for taxes every single month. So you're not actually caught out. You know that you're going to be able to pay for your taxes. It also tells you to pay yourself 
first, make sure that there's enough profit in the company. And so it breaks down the whole process and makes it super simple. So I would look at that because we, we want to be really practical with this. There's no point in getting emotional over it because it is, it's just business, right? And so we would just want to make sure that you're feeling confident that every month or every year you will be able to pay those taxes because you've thought about the percentages. Maybe you even want to work with a financial planner and just be clear around what you want to put aside so you know that you don't have to worry about it. Excellent. And one of the moves that I've made this, this quarter is actually sign up with a financial coach. Great. Because I felt that it was something that I've, felt foundationally um, for this year, especially will help me based on the revenue that I'm looking to generate. So I'm like, I, I, I want to be ready for my 25, 30, whatever K months. So right. I've actually signed up with a, um, a financial coach and we had our first session this week. So yeah. And that's one of the things she said to me at the beginning of the session is that we must make sure we pay you fast. Love it. <laughs> So, so you're, you're on the right track with that. You're on the right track with that, absolutely. Yeah. So if this is a confirmation that uh, that I'm already making both moves. Yeah, and you know this is what I do. You know, I live in a state that does has have very high taxes in California. There's a lot of people that complain about that. There's a lot of people that are leaving, and I had to ask myself, you know, do I want to live somewhere that I don't want to live just because the taxes are lower? And the answer is no. I want to live where I want to live. And so I choose to show gratitude towards what I get to pay to live in a beautiful state. Of course, we would all love to be able to keep more of our money. But if I decide that's the most important thing to me, then I move, right? Like there's no point in wasting energy over being mad about it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Makes absolute sense. Yeah. Joanne. Thank well, you. Well, I appreciate you and I appreciate your time. And I'm so excited for this next chapter for you. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope you loved today's episode. Just so you know, the fastest way to get the results that you're craving is to work with a coach directly. If you're looking for more information about how to work with us at I Heart My Life, go to IHeartMyLifeBooking.com and just book a call with our Clarity Coach. We can support you in understanding what the best next step is for you and support you in getting clarity as you move forward towards your goals. So until next time, I'm Emily Williams, and thank you so much for being a part of the I Heart My Life show. We hope you love this episode. Thank you so much for being an avid listener of the I Heart My Life show. Take a second and leave a review. It would mean so much to us and we read all of them. And for further inspiration and life and business tips about creating a life that you love and achieving massive success, definitely follow us at I Heart My Life on Instagram and at I Heart My Life Now on Facebook. See you next time.